Psalm 61, 1 through 4. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. Amen. Carmen Lucille Bryant, born August 3rd, 1933, was named after the opera Carmen because my grandfather loved opera. She was the sixth child born during the Great Depression. Her own mother's world was quite small, consisting of a little house, six children, a washboard, and she couldn't drive. At first, I thought about saying that my mom was an ordinary woman, and then it didn't take me very much reflection to conclude that she was the opposite of ordinary. Her world was also small, geographically, primarily encompassing her family, her house, her block, her church, and her beauty shop. This was her domain, but more importantly, it was her calling. And the important thing was that she answered that call without reservation. She was devoted to her family, laboring as a sort of domestic queen, attending to all of her daily duties with a diligence and rhythm that made our clean house and our clean iron clothes and our regular meals and our special occasions seem ordinary and routine. So much so that as children we were completely unaware that everybody didn't live like this. And ultimately, um, uh, this is how she made the extraordinary feel ordinary and normal, which is what ultimately made her so extraordinary. How exceptional is it for a woman to faithfully serve every day for 90 years? This is just another way of saying that she deeply loved God and all that he had given her. And I'll only speak for myself and say that as her oldest son, I did not always make that work easy. While the geography of her world was relatively small, in other ways her world was quite large because size isn't measured in only one way. My father, at age 20, started attending Ingleside Baptist Church in Shreveport in January of 1953. His eyes wide open for a potential wife. He spotted her right away. She was 19, and he told me at one point that her glasses caught his attention, since he also wore glasses, but I know that there were plenty of other things that caught his attention. (laughs) In short order, he planned to try to sit next to her in the evening Bible class, but Mom had strategically placed herself between two of her best friends, who were twins, thus running the successful blocking maneuver. (laughs) He did, however, finally get her to agree to go out with him, and his persistence paid off when she said yes to his proposal, which came on her birthday on August 3rd of 1953. 
They were married at Ingleside Baptist Church by Pastor Pinnell on February 13, 1954, and after a brief honeymoon at Murfreesboro, Arkansas, they returned to Shreveport to start their life together. Nine months later, Mom was, as they used to say, in a family way, and nine months after that, I appeared on the scene. The scriptures remind us that we should not despise the day of small beginnings. And while they could not have envisioned where all this was headed, this was the first step in mom's ever-expanding world of family. Two and a half years later, my sister was born, and two years after that, Scott arrived. Mom told me once that two children take 24 hours a day to raise, so a third one didn't take any more time, so she figured out how to make all that work. And I was thinking the other day, I was preaching in the epistle of Titus, and Titus 2, Paul instructs Titus to direct, he directed him to instruct the older women that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, uh, teachers of good things that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. This describes my mother's character. She was always behind the scenes, never out front, but always there, laboring and serving, making sure that everyone was cared for. When I was a teenager and acting like a teenager, I was unhappy with my parents about something, probably because they told me no. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but later she said, I used to tell your father when you were mad at us, he'll need us before we need him. These were wise words. Mom did take a break from her labors on weekdays to join Mona Turnham, her friend and next door neighbor for 63 years for morning coffee. Uh, allowing for some missed days, a conservative estimate would be that they consumed nearly a thousand gallons of coffee <laughs> over the years. And this might explain why they were able to get so much done. <laughs> Mona, thank you for being such a good friend. In addition to caring for her immediate family, mom and her sister Doris helped care for their parents, and after my grandfather died in 1968, every Sunday after church, which we never missed here at Broadmoor, uh, we traveled the six miles to my grandmother's house where even more coffee was consumed and cousins played outside. Um, these two women were by my grandmother's side until she passed away in 1986, and mom always had also what she called mad money, which she kept stashed away in an envelope until the day of her death. And I'm sure that she used that many times to extend charity to others. Again, always behind the scenes. No doubt there were thousands of other unseen acts of kindness that we never saw, but God did. She also loved her nieces and her nephews, several of whom are here today to honor her. Thank you. I married Mary Nell on August, in August of 1974 in this church, and mom and dad's first grandchild, Aaron, was born in February of 78, and thus mom's kingdom began to expand again. 
Uh, perhaps we could call it her grannydom. At age 44, her second career began, and in this calling, she was at her best. Um, Aaron was her favorite grandchild for 14 months. <laughs> but this, uh, this part of mom's world would rapidly grow over the next 14 years, to include Kristen Booth, Rachel Booth, Jessica Booth, Micah Rumsey, Shannon Booth, Jordan Rumsey, Martha Claire Booth, and Spencer Rumsey. And every time a baby was born, her heart grew to make more and more room. And without a doubt, you all know that today, right? That's why you're here. Along the way, she also made room for the spouses of her children and grandchildren. In fact, just before I married Marinelle, she said that if the two of us ever had a fight, Marinelle could come home, but I couldn't. <laughs> so as it turns out, this was just practice for her encore which began with the birth of Sophie Booth in May of 2003, and so her great-grannydom began, and it continues to expand today with two more of her 31 uh, great-grandchildren being born this year with Hannah Shipp and Benjamin Lapore. The world had Alexander the Great, so I think our world should have, should have Granny the Great. Her means of conquest was by way of hugs and jelly beans. I don't know how many jelly beans were dispensed in these years. Um, now, we did have one pleasant surprise along the way. In the spring of 2019, Dad received a letter from an unknown lady in Baton Rouge, which was delivered by her cousin, Tucker, at, at his office. And it was here that he discovered, as we say euphemistically, that a youthful indiscretion had, unknown to him at the time, resulted in another little girl being born on his birthday in 1952. And thanks to Ancestry.com and DNA testing, a new kind of reveal was taking place. In fact, when we got the uh, paternity test back, I told, called Dad and I said, well, it's a girl. <laughs> so um, while this was disconcerting at first, this soon became one more blessing in a long stream, string of blessings. And so um, uh, dad had communicated his indiscretion to mom before they married, and now without hesitation or reservation, before she ever met Virian, mom said, if he has a daughter, then I have a daughter. And she meant every word of it. And with Virian came two more grandchildren, Kevin and Megan, and then three more great-grandchildren. This has been a happy expansion of her grannydom, and I am happy to report that all four of mom's children, all 11 grandchildren, and most of the great-grandchildren are present here today, all with grateful hearts. And Virian, thank you for loving mom so much. Dad, you did very well. The scriptures say that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And an excellent wife is the crown of her husband. And a prudent wife is from the Lord. And you received all of that and more. 
Mom and Dad would have celebrated their 70th wedding anniversary this February 13th, and Dad told me the other day that, um, that during those 70 years, they probably haven't spent more than 30 days apart. They spent over 63 years living on Lover's Lane, which seems appropriate. I have often said the greatest inheritance you can give to your children is a father and mother who love God and who love one another. And this means that all their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren have been left a fortune. Mom and Dad spent the last two and a half years in an assisted living apartment at the Glen in Shreveport where they happily adapted and thrived with many friends And by the way, the staff at the Glen have been amazing, expressing great affection for our parents as they have shed many tears over mom's death. Thank you. Um, Mike and Terry, Scott and Kathy, Virian, mom loved you deeply, and I know she appreciated your care for her over the years, but especially in these last few years, thank you again for your love and service to her. G.K. Chesterton said, the most extraordinary thing in the world is an ordinary man and an ordinary woman and their ordinary children. And so it turns out that mom, granny, was indeed an extraordinary woman whose world was quite large after all. I heard someone comment the other day that we can't add length to our years, but we can add width and depth. Well, mom had all three. Moreover, the borders of her world are still expanding, both in numbers of people. You'll notice the picture that my niece put up with the great-grands. There's some blank spaces there. Uh, It's an expansion joint. Um, But also in influence. That lives on. It's not over yet. She lived to see her children's children along with their children, and that was extremely satisfying to her. This amazing amazing woman lived and loved and served, and now she celebrates in the presence of the Lord. And as we say farewell, um, she has been received and now awaits the reunion that lies ahead of all who are in Christ. By the way, she always said that when she gets to heaven, She was going to play the piano. So that's what she's doing, I'm sure. Let me close with this image of death uh, as a Christian, the death of a Christian. I'm standing on the seashore. A ship at my side spreads her sails to the morning breeze and starts out for the blue ocean. She is an object of beauty and strength. I stand and watch her far away. She hangs like a speck. A speck of white cloud just where the sea and the sky come down to meet each other. Then someone by my side says, there, she's gone. Gone where? Gone from my sight, that's all. She's just as large in mast and hull as she was when she left my side, just as able to bear her load to her place of destination. Her diminished size is in me not in her. And just at the moment when we say, there, she's gone. On that distant shore, there are other eyes watching for her coming 
and other voices ready to shout, here she comes. And such is the death of a Christian. Let's pray. O Lord, today we mourn the temporary loss of our beloved wife, mother, granny, and friend. We rejoice over her permanent gain in Christ. May we find peace in the promise of the gospel and the promise of a future home. Today we pray that you would be a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Send your Holy Spirit to comfort us, and may the promises of your word be our consolation. Raise us up, we pray, in the power of his spirit from the death of sin, from the death uh, of sin to the life of righteousness. Prepare us to follow Christ in hope and trust through the journey of this world, the darkness of the grave, and into the world of light where he has led the way. We pray all of this through him who is the resurrection and the life, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.